Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. Without further ado, let me welcome Pat up to the pulpit and let's pray for her and pray for the service, shall we? Let's welcome Pat. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for a special day today, Lord. God, that Father, I thank you for the word in season that you are sharing with us through Reverend Pat. And Father, I pray for our hearts, Lord, Father, to be of good soul, that the word that you sow in our hearts will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I just pray today that God, would you download the heart of the Father, that Lord, we will catch your heart for us individually and together as a church. So would you anoint, Lord, the lips of Reverend Pat. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elder Yang. It's always a wonderful time to fellowship with Elder Yang as well as with the leaders of this church. And um, I enjoy those prophetic, uplifting conversations. As I sat down to write the sermon that I have for you, I thought about the name of your church, River Life. A river of life. And I perceive the prophetic significance and promise that this name carries. And so, whenever... I contemplate the destiny of your church. I'm reminded of Psalm 46, verses 4 to 5. Let me read to you. There is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. There is a river here and it streams very deep. It bursts from the bellies of every one of you and it represents the presence of the glorious God. And the living water of His presence brings cleansing, refreshing, healing. Cleansing, refreshing, healing. I see there will be many healing and restoration testimonies being spoken amongst you. Marriages and families will be supernaturally transformed. If you sit here today because you're grieving that your marriage has been attacked by the enemy, I bring you the good news that God 
is watching over your household and your marriage. And your marriage will be supernaturally transformed. Parents who are grieving because their children have gone astray, spiritual fathers who are grieving because prodigal sons and daughters have gone away from this house, I say they will come back again. They will come back again. And the transformation power of this presence of God will go to the marketplace through you. There's a sphere of influence where each of you sitting here have access to. And many of you are called to be shakers and movers in the marketplace. And God has already positioned you. He's going to use you to transform lives. One Sunday morning, Young had told me that he would be preaching. And I wanted to support him. That was a few months ago. So I made my way to this church, came into this service, and I sat at the back of the service, at the worship hall there. And I soaked in your anointed praise and worship. And the Lord highlighted to me the fathers of this house. Can I ask the fathers in this house to stand to receive this word from the Lord? God has his finger on you, fathers. There's a father's ministry that he is going to bless. But more than that, more than fathering this church, more than fathering your ministry, you are called to father your family. You are called to be the leader of your family. You are called to be an exemplary leader to your sons, to whom your children look up to and emulate in their personal walk with the Lord. And you have a whole generation of sons who are not weak because you are strong. It's a season that God is calling on the fathers of this church to become a sign and a wonder and a testimony and an example to other Christian communities everywhere. Receive the anointing of the Lord this morning to be 
that father figure, to be that shepherd, to be that exemplary leader for your children, even your spiritual children. Amen? Amen. Thank you, fathers. Today I have a message for this church. It's about your new season. And the new thing that God is going to do, and I pray that it will be relevant to you personally and corporately as a church as well. Okay, can we turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. Verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Forget about your old seasons and the old things. Yes, none of us want to remember the old pains, the old injustices. But what about the old, what about if your old season had been glorious and wonderful? And those old things are memories of your accomplishments and achievements. The Bible says here, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Your biggest testimonies are to be created in your future. Today, I challenge you to forget the old methods, the old templates, your old strategies. And even if those methods and working solutions have served you well in the past, I challenge you to drop your old wineskins because God is giving you new wine. He is giving you new blueprints, new templates, new strategies, and He's going to lead you down new pathways. That is why He wants you to forget the old GPS. He wants to upgrade your GPS. Have you ever wondered why sometimes you feel like you are stuck in transition? It's like making three steps forward and taking two steps backwards. May I suggest to you that you may be spending too much time trying to fit, trying to configure your old and outdated methods of doing things, your old paradigms, your old mindsets. You're trying to apply all these things to your new season while those things, although they had been good in the season past, they are not good enough for the now season. And this is why the Lord is calling you to lay down, lay all these old wine skins, old mindsets, old paradigms down as you move forward with Him. Verse 19a 
See, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now, do you not perceive it? Look, look to see. See to perceive. Perceive to conceive. Because you cannot birth something that you have not conceived. Verse 19b, I am making a way in the wilderness. Isn't that beautiful? I, the Lord, I'm making a way for you in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So God is taking the initiative to take you from your old season to the new. God is the one who is initiating changes. He's the one who is opening that water tunnel through the Red Sea so that you can cross over. And therefore, change, change is the buzzword for you now. He is bringing change to you in this season. As a church, in your family, in your workplace, in your ministry, change is your buzzword. So, we often say, well, God does not change. Yes, but His seasons change. So why does He change your seasons? He changes the seasons because you have passed a test or more likely, a series of tests. And because you have passed those tests, you have qualified to be promoted. And he changes your season because he now has something bigger for you to step into. Think about Ruth. Her season changed when she moved from Moab with her mother-in-law to Bethlehem. And it wasn't just a physical relocation. She moved from being a widow in a pagan land to marrying the wealthiest man in the city of God. So it was a change of season where there was a noticeable upgrade in her life. But this change didn't happen by chance. It didn't happen because she was in the right place by luck. Ruth had undergone a number of tests that qualified her for the new thing that God was doing, which was marriage. First, she passed the test of single-minded devotion to her mother-in-law. And I see that there are those of you here who have passed the test of single-minded devotion to the Lord, even through this difficult time of the pandemic. And then 
she passed the test of loyalty and she passed the test of compassion and she passed the test of tenacity. And because of passing all these tests, Ruth qualified to marry Boaz. Ruth qualified to become one of the honoured people in the Lord's ancestry. So here's one principle, that God promotes you to your new season and begin to do a new thing in your midst when you've become overqualified in your old season. So when Ruth passed test after test, what was the litmus test? It was the test of her character. It was the test of her inner development. God saw that she had become overqualified in being just a widow, in living in a pagan land, that position has become too small for her and so he transported her to a much more spacious sphere of influence. So Psalm 16 verse 6 became a reality for Ruth. The boundary lines have fallen for her in pleasant places and surely she had a delightful inheritance. So, how do you know when God is changing your season? He gives you some signs that signal to you that your current season is aspiring. I am taking you into the new season. First thing, something in you has changed. This is a very internal sign that you're going to feel it with your heart. I give you an example, Moses. Moses was enjoying his position of prestige and power, being a prince of Egypt. He was a respected military leader. He should be happy enough. But God had been moving in his heart, changing something from within him as he observed the slavery of the Hebrew people. And there was this growing sense of discontent. There was a growing sense of restlessness that Moses said, surely there was there's something more to life. Surely there is a greater purpose for my being here. And his heart grew and expanded to accommodate the higher calling of being the deliverer to his own people. And one day, he expressed that sense of calling by rising up right, to defend this Hebrew slave that was, that was being mistreated by an Egyptian. 
even killing the man. So because as a result of this action, he was cast out of the palace to the backside of the desert. He became from being a prince to becoming a shepherd. In the eyes of the world, perhaps Moses had actually suffered a demotion in terms of his position and social status. But in the eyes of the Lord, God had actually given him a higher and bigger calling. So, I am thinking this morning that God may be preparing some of you to step down from a highly esteemed position in the marketplace, you know, because of the um, holy discontent that you're feeling, that you know that you know this is not enough. I want to do more for God. I want to offer myself to serve Him in a greater measure. That my destiny is not just working in the same job until I re retire. So your friends and even your family will say, you're crazy. You're walking away from an established position. You're walking away from this fat paycheck. But in the eyes of God, you're walking to embrace a bigger calling. You're walking towards a spiritual promotion in your new season. So when you sense that divine discontent, look to perceive. Look to perceive if God is speaking to you through that emotion that you are feeling. So in your heart, because you discern it yourself, because you have been prepared by God on the inside of you for such a time as this, you'll be willing to pay the price of sacrifice. You'll be willing to do what he's calling you to do when the right time comes. The second sign that you will feel is you observe the things around you change. Things around you change. I'm reminded of Elijah. He was sent by the Lord to a very specific place. It was a brook by the stream. And there was this steady stream of water from which he could drink. And then for food, the Lord ordered the ravens to send him food twice a day. So Elijah was actually happy enough to have his basic needs met. He stayed at the brook for some time, until things around him changed. So what happened? The drought came. The water in the stream 
turned into a trickle and then into a puddle, which then turned into a handful and finally a small seed. Suddenly, Elijah was confronted with a discomforting situation, one of diminishing provision. His provision of water had finally dried up. And what about the ravens? They used to bring him bread and meat twice a day, lunch and dinner, but they stopped coming. So Elijah was not having enough now to even sustain his basic living. But you see, lack, not having enough, is also a sign that God is changing your location. God is changing your season. The drying up of the brook was a sign. The disappearance of those ravens was a sign. And these things were a sign to Elijah that his season at the brook had expired. It was the new season for him to move on. And so he did. In the same vein, when money was not enough, when expenditure is not matched by a corresponding increase of provision, no matter how hard you've worked to make a living, God may well be telling you to move on to a new place. Instead of doing the same things over and over again, trying to make ends meet, you may have to sit with the Lord and perceive his new plan for you. The third sign is that people around you change. God may break you free from some people whom he thinks are not good for you. So why do some people get left behind when you move forward with God? Because some of these people are unqualified to perceive your calling, your uniqueness, your identity. They are unqualified because they are unwilling to celebrate who you are. They are unwilling to see that the Lord is promoting you and moving you on to bigger things. And because they are unwilling, they are disqualified from going with you into your new season. Therefore, when you go into a new season, sometimes you may experience some friendship 
changes. Some friends may be replaced by new people who suddenly show up. They are sent by the Lord. When you share your vision with them, they celebrate with you, they catch your vision, and they are there to cheer you on. I just want to encourage you that while it is sad to part ways with some friends, there's a possibility that your best friend, your best co-worker, your best ministry partner, your best business partner, or even your life partner is in your new season. Amen? Yeah. The fourth sign, the last sign that I will talk about today is that at the advent of a new season, God will not leave you clueless. He will give you instruction after instruction. These instructions may be new ones that you have never heard of, or they may be built upon old instructions, but in an extended form. But always, these instructions will challenge you to step out of your comfort zone, where you have settled for a long time, just as Elijah was challenged to leave that safe haven that he was quite happy with for some time. So, next, I want to talk about three things that you must do to prepare for the new thing that God has for you in your new season. The first thing is perceive it. Perceive the new thing. The word perceive means to become aware, to become conscious of something, to discern it, to recognize it. How would God tell you what is the new thing? He may give you a dream. He may give you a prophecy. He may give you a vision. Or you may just walk into the bookshop and buy a book and within the pages of the book, there is your confirmation. So there is something you need to do. Ruminate on it. Interpret your dream or look for the interpretations. Synthesize the circumstances in your life. Make sense of them. God honours your fervent seeking for his plan. The Bible says, I think it's in Amos 3, chapter 7, Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. He will tell you before it manifests in the physical realm. But essentially, 
He wants you to make the effort to pick up the signs. He wants you to discern what is His plan, what are the ways before they actually happened. And many times, our seeing, our perceiving will open the door to God's action because we are now on the same page as Him. And He knows we are ready. We are in the right posture. And this will lead to the second thing that you must do. The second point is expect the new thing to happen by the hand of God. Expect it to happen because when something is moved and initiated by God, you will experience what seemed to be coincidence after coincidence. There will be a confluence of coincidences. You'll miraculously find yourself at the right place, at the right time, to meet the right people, so that this new thing can happen almost effortlessly. So, we were on the story of Ruth, and I just want to continue from there. Now, God's new thing for Ruth was marriage to Boaz. So Ruth and Naomi arrived in Bethlehem and the Bible says, I think it's the end of chapter 1, it says, as the barley season was beginning. Ruth arrived at the right place, at the right season, and this is coincidence number one. And so it happened that Naomi had a relative from her husband's side, and his name was Boaz. And this is coincidence number two. Because of that relationship, Naomi knew about Boaz. She knew that he was a good man. She knew that he was single and eligible. Then one day, Ruth said to Naomi, we need some food to eat. Let me go and to the fields and uh, picked up the grain that is left behind by those harvesters. And coincidence number three, she just happened to work in a field that belonged to Boaz. And then there was coincidence number four. She happened to be working at the field when Boaz dropped by to greet the harvesters. And Boaz was introduced to her. And that caused Boaz to initiate a conversation with Ruth. He said to her, 
Don't go to another field. Stay here. I have them instructed my men not to disturb you. And if you are thirsty, you can drink from those water jars that they had filled. So, when things move by the hand of God, there will always be supernatural favour. Ruth found favour with Boaz. He invited her for lunch. She ate all she wanted and she had some left over to take back to Naomi. Then Boaz ordered the harvesters to purposely leave behind some grain as they harvest so that she would have those stalks of grain to bring home. She can gather so much more barley for herself and Naomi. So you see, when God's hand moves to bring the new thing in your life, you have the power of coincidences. You have supernatural favour which causes you to be blessed over and over again. And the climax of this story is when Ruth perceived the new thing that God was doing and she responded to partner with it. So Boaz was winnowing Bali on the threshing floor. And Naomi said to her, Now, daughter, go in and lie down at his feet after he had finished eating and drinking. And Ruth obeyed. And this is coincidence number five because I think it wouldn't be easy to access Boaz and to have the opportunity to be alone with him. Hence, Ruth's response in obedience to the new thing that God was doing in her life resulted in her marriage to Boaz. No wonder the Lord said, I, I am making a way in the wilderness that will allow you to come out of it. I will make streams in your wasteland. It's a time of refreshing change. And God was the one to take the initiative to lead her from widowhood to marriage into a God-ordained marriage. So, when you perceive the new thing and you are receptive to it, whatever it is for you, you can expect to jump over obstacles. That by the hand of God, you will have coincidence after coincidence working in your favour. You would have open door after open door, divine appointment after divine appointment until God successfully brings the new thing 
to you. The third thing that you must do is to align your emotions to what you perceive and to what you expect. And this is harder for some of us. So many times, we are caught to believe in something that have yet manifested. The transition period from the old to the new is filled with birth pains and it can make you nervous, it can make you feel insecure, it can make you feel vulnerable. But you have to be courageous. You have to trust God. There's no other way. You have to trust that the Lord will do it for you. He will make a way when there is no way, no matter how impossible it seems to you. But nothing is impossible with God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says that God has a good plan for you one that will prosper you, one that will give you a future and a hope. And He will help you to transit successfully so that you lay hold of every good thing that He has in store for you. So, as I conclude, I want to speak a personal word to this church again. This morning, as you respond to step from the shallow waters into the deeper river, as you be courageous and say, here am I, Lord, I'm going to step into the river of God, into the river of life. There will be times you will feel uncomfortable because it seems that you are losing control. As you step into the deeper part of the river where the currents are stronger, yes, you lose control. But the deeper you go into the river, the more you surrender to the flow of the Holy Spirit. And the more you let him be in charge, you're going to flow with him to places that you have never thought you would go. And you will meet people that you never thought you would meet. You're going to experience the ease of transition. And you'll experience the confluence of coincidences. You experience the reward of supernatural favor. You experience blessing after blessing. All you have to do is to trust and obey. Trust and obey and flow with Him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He knows exactly where he is taking river life. He has positioned your leaders to 
lead you. They have been processed by the Lord for a long time. And they are obedient to His Word. So, God wants you to become a great and mighty church who truly knows the power of the life in the river of God. River life will not just meander within the borders of Singapore. Do you hear me? You are going to the nations. There will be peoples that you will introduce to jump into this river of God and you will see transformation in other nations because of you, because you chose to flow together in unity in this river. So my invitation today is choose to trust him. Choose to trust in his faithfulness. Choose to trust in his ability to keep you, to protect you and to bless you as you flow with him in the river of life. Amen. I hand this time back to Ian. Thank you, Reverend Pat, for this word in season. Brothers and sisters, I just want to invite all of us to stand even as we respond to God's word. Because it's very clear, brothers and sisters, that God is trying to catch our attention this morning. And I believe this word has found resonance in our hearts. The Lord says, Behold, can we see can we perceive what the Lord is doing? You might be wondering this before coming to the sanctuary this morning and, and ask yourself, what is happening today? But as we look in our own lives, perhaps we realize that things are changing. We are changing. The people around us may start to change even. And these are signs that we are entering into a new season. You know, the Lord doesn't have the wilderness as the final destination for you. The Lord doesn't have the desert as the final destination for you. So for some of us here, perhaps we might be going through a wilderness season. Perhaps we have been going through a, a desert season. The Lord says, the season will change. The season has changed. And will we trust and obey even as the Lord takes us into the promised land? From the shallow waters to the deep river of God. As a church, will we trust and abide and obey together to His voice? Even as Chen Sing and his team lead us in the response, I just want to call out, just want to invite those of us that says, yes, I want to partner with God. In my life, in my family, in the life of the church, I want to step out of that shallow waters and into that deep river. I just want to invite you to come. Invite you to come and partner with God and embrace what the Lord is doing in our midst. Shall we do that? Atmosphere is changing now For Spirit of the Lord is you Evidence is all around 
spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere, the atmosphere is changing now. For the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence, the evidence is all around. For the spirit of
Hallelujah. I just sense, brothers and sisters, there's a, a growing discontentment. There's a certain restlessness that we face, that we are seeing in our lives. And it is a sign that the Lord is shifting our season. That the Lord is moving us deeper into the river. And we need faith to trust and obey. That the Lord will bring upon a confluence of coincidences. And I speak to you, River Life, even as we step out and embrace our destiny, even as we step out to take the promised land and say, God, give us this mountain with the different spirit of Caleb. As we step forth, He will bring upon coincidence after coincidence. He will bring upon opportunity after opportunity. He will bring upon your life open door after open door because His favour is upon you. His favour is upon you, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. So rise up, rise up, rise up and just receive. And just tell God in your own words, the Lord, I want to partner you. I want to partner you. I want to partner you in your work over my life, in your work over my family, in your work over my church, in your work over my destiny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to encourage all of us to raise our hands. Just linger in this divine and sacred moment. And just say Amen. Amen to the work that the Lord is doing in our lives. Amen that He's bringing us from disappointment to destiny, from discouragement to freshness and hope, from defeat to victory. And that is what is saying. Behold, God is doing a new thing. Would you not perceive it? I will make a roadway in the wilderness. I will make the streams appear in the desert. So receive it. Receive it. Break free from the past and enter into the promised land. Thank you, Jesus. just going to pronounce the benediction but for those of us who want to linger in God's presence and come down for prayer the altar is open don't be in a hurry to go may the love of God our Father the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit 
be with each and every one of us. Till we meet again. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. I'll just ask the worship team. Let's give a big hand to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.